Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Recently, I had a chance to see the one-woman show, Oh God, a show about abortion, written by and starring comedian Alison Leiby. In it, she details the experience of getting an abortion in her mid-30s simply because she doesn't want children, and, you know, who among us. The show is smart and irreverent and incredibly necessary. And because it's also a show about women's choices and sexuality and how limited our cultural conversations about these issues can be, it's also very timely. The show is running right now and it has just been extended until June 30th at the Cherry Lane Theater in New York. So if you can make some time to see the show, please do. And also, let's just normalize talking about abortion. From Luminary, this is the Roxanne Gay Agenda, the bad feminist podcast of your dreams. I am Roxanne Gay, your favorite bad feminist. On the Roxanne Gay Agenda, I talk about something that's on my mind, and then I talk with someone interesting to find out what's on their mind. And on this week's agenda, terrible movies. (laughs) What a transition. I know. I know. It's just like, let's go from abortion to bad film. (laughs) It was seamless, honestly. (laughs) Uh, There's this genre of film that can best be termed as Fuck Yeah America. These are movies that carefully showcase America's military might, making it clear that the armed forces are the mightiest in the world. And one of the best movies in this genre is Battleship. Yes, like the board game. The year was 2012. I could not resist, with some arm twisting from a man I was having sex with at the time, seeing this midnight movie. Everything I'm about to tell you about Battleship is true. So let me start by saying that they were very liberal in their interpretation of the board game, and that was actually the one bright spot. The budget for this shit show was $200 million, which, wow, 
And so here are some movies that Battleship flagrantly steals from. Top Gun, Transformers, Pearl Harbor, Space Cowboys, Contact, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Independence Day, Armageddon, The Hunt for Red October, Deep Impact, and many others. The producers and writers literally just stitched together the best and worst moments and ideas from each of these movies, creating what can only be termed as a Franken-movie. Now... (laughs) When Battleship opens, there's some type on the screen filling us in on the bullshit premise they came up with to actually turn a board game into a movie. Suffice it to say, aliens are involved. The man that you people call Tim Riggins and Eric from True Blood are brothers and they're in the Navy. One is a good boy and one is a bad boy. Now, there's some backstory involving Tim Riggins or Hopper, as they insist on calling him, but it doesn't really matter. And so we flash forward, and Hopper is a lieutenant in the Navy, and his brother, Stone Hopper, is a commander. Yep, Stone Hopper. Just <laughs> let that marinate. There are going to be these naval exercises called RIMPAC, and a bunch of Navy ships are involved, and the Japanese and the Malaysians are there too. But, but, before the war games, there's a soccer match. This is a blatant ripoff from Top Gun, but they couldn't have it be a volleyball game because that would just be too obvious. The U.S. is playing Japan, and there's all kinds of Pearl Harbor subtext, and Rihanna is on the American team. She is the only woman in the entire Navy. And let's just get this Rihanna business out of the way. She's incredible, love Fenty products, but her acting in this film is not the greatest. Her wig is actually a crime. She could not (coughs) deliver a line. It was just a mess from beginning to end, but still, I was into it because Rihanna, 10 out of 10, no notes. So the game begins, and suddenly some geeks at a satellite array notice five objects hurtling toward the Earth. One of the objects veers toward Hong Kong, which is like where all the space objects land in the movies. A good part of the city is destroyed, the rest of the objects land conveniently, and the water's just off Hawaii, where the war games are taking place, of course. I mean, thank goodness they did not land in some other part of the largest ocean in the world. Hopper, Rihanna, and some random guy get in this zippy little boat with a gun and they go closer to investigate. In a scene so absurd, it made me laugh until I cried. Hopper jumps out of the boat and starts strolling on the alien object. And then he goes to this big tower that's like an ugly water feature. And even though his friends are saying, I wouldn't do that, he pushes a button. Crazy things start happening involving CGI, whirring sounds, and transformation. I am 100% certain that the same production and design team that did Transformers also did this movie. They borrowed the necessary sound effects and graphics of voila, art. In short order, the aliens blow up Eric's ship, and that's that. Hopper is hopping mad, so he goes back to his ship, and guess what? He is now the highest-ranking officer, now that the CEO and EXO were killed in an alien shelling, which, of course. We also learn that the aliens only attack if they sense an aggressor. It makes no sense, but we're going to go with it. But here's what drives me crazy about alien invasion movies. Is it really possible that every alien species out there is smarter than humans? Like, what is with this human self-loathing that pervades these movies? Just once, I would love to see the planet invaded by idiot aliens. Anyway, more dramatic and implausible things happen. Finally, Hopper pulls his shit together and he grief rages and he looks sweaty and muscly. A serious portion of this movie's budget went to spritzing the characters down, also like The Rock in the Fast and Furious movies. Out on the ocean, they have no radar, but they need to see the aliens. What can they do? The Japanese captain, Nagata, says he has an idea, a way of seeing without seeing. 
And I perked up because I knew whatever nonsense they were about to throw at me was going to be amazing. And it was. Nagata says that they can use tsunami buoys to track water displacement. So they log into this system and start seeing buoys pop up on the screen. And then Hopper says, make a grid. And we see a grid with red dots moving across the grid, indicating that the aliens are moving. Friends, it was then that I realized that they literally made a movie about Battleship, as in not just about the actual boat that's a battleship. So I lost it at this point. I was in tears. Captain Nagata takes command and he begins trying to hit the alien ships. He calls out coordinates and Rihanna, who's now some kind of weapons specialist, aims the weapons in that direction and they miss and they try again. And Nagata was like, F4 and boom, you sank my battleship. The only, only thing that would have made this movie more amazing would have been if they had incorporated that line about sinking a battleship. In this one regard, the filmmakers restrained themselves. (laughs) At this point, the movie devolves into pure lunacy. Hopper and his crew need a boat because theirs has been destroyed. So they go to this decommissioned battleship where at the beginning of the movie, a ceremony was being held with Liam Neeson. Hopper's comrades are freaking out because the battleship is analog, their words, and it runs on steam and it hasn't been used in like 20 years. I know. Who's going to get the ship started? But good news. There are these old Navy dudes who were being honored in that ceremony at the beginning of the movie with Liam Neeson, and they just happen to be standing on the battleship in like various strategic places wearing their old Navy dungarees. Hopper walks up to them and he says, I know you've given a lot to your country and I have no right to ask, but will you help us? Why would he say that? The old guys are literally standing on the ship. The world is about to end. Why wouldn't they go into service? It's like a waiter at a restaurant saying to a seated couple, I know you've eaten in your lifetime and you are here voluntarily and it's a lot to ask, but would you do me the honor of eating in my restaurant? Red-blooded American rock and roll starts blaring. The entire sound chip for Battle Fact, in fact, falls under the playlist on my iPhone called White People Music. (laughs) The battleship being seaworthy is not something that could ever be possible, but fine, fine. They have like a handful of missiles as if there would ever be live munitions hanging around on a decommissioned ship. They set sail to save the day with one bomb and the use of the sun. God bless America, the end. But enough about Battleship. Let me tell you about today's guest. You have seen her if you've watched Grace and Frankie on Netflix for seven seasons, or Burning Love, or Adult Swim, or the film's Bride Wars and Ass Backwards, both of which she co-wrote. You may have heard her on the hit podcast, How Did This Get Made?, in which she and her co-hosts marvel about certain movies that somehow make it to the big screen. Or you may have heard her on her other podcast, The Deep Dive, or in some of her voiceover work, which is to say she gets around. Actor, screenwriter, and comedian June Diane Raphael is all over the place, and I, for one, am so thankful for that because she's incredible. June Diane, thank you so much for joining me on the Roxanne Gay Agenda. Roxanne, I, it's so interesting because I never understand why people who haven't seen the movies that we talk about on how this get made listen to the podcast right. until now, until today, because <laughs> I have never seen Battleship and I was riveted by that oh description. Oh my God, listen, I have a way longer version of this. You have to see Battleship. It is just so I, bad. No, I didn't know. I didn't know until today. I was today years old when I learned that it's based on the board game it is it really is at the beginning like you know you know when they do all the production credits it's like 
in in partnership with Hasbro Studios, which <laughs> fucking a who knew? I had like wow. Okay, everybody's got a little studio now. Mattel, Hasbro, Nintendo. And, and that's sort of like, that is, it is concerning that like these properties, like we're looking to board games, we're looking to emojis. Yeah. You know, never forget the emoji movie. Like we're really looking for stories where we should not be looking. What's so interesting about that is that there's no shortage of really great storytelling or storytellers who can come up with original ideas. And yet people are like, oh, an emoji movie. Like, let's <laughs> do that. And it was terrible. And also there was an emoji musical, which I saw two years ago before COVID. It was terrible. Cute, well-intended, but like the whole time I was just like, this can't possibly be happening. But I wasn't alone. There were like a hundred other people in the theater. Wow. Yeah, it was wild. So, yeah, I just understood something right now listening to you because I was like, oh, I guess this is, I guess this might be the experience of some people who listen to our podcast uh-huh. who have never seen the, the movie. Um I didn't know. I can't believe they did that scene with the coordinates. They did. They did. And it was so funny because the whole time I just thought, oh, they borrowed from the board game and they're like literally referring to a battleship, like a destroyer. Then when they were like, we're going to use the NOAA buoys, I was like, hmm, where is this going? And then on the screen, (laughs) you see a goddamn grid, just like the board game. And it was glorious. I was just like, wow. So my experience of that movie is that Brooklyn Decker is a very close friend of mine. So I know she's in that motion picture, correct, Roxanne? She is. She's Tim Riggins' girlfriend. Okay, so the only thing I, my only understanding in the movie is through her and her stories of working with Rihanna, which are pretty spectacular. I bet. I've been like three inches away from her a few times and she's luminous. She just shimmers. She just shimmers. Yeah, and fun. I'm reporting through Brooklyn's experience, but... Um, just seems like a good time. I agree. And I love that for her because so many stars get like chewed up and spit out and like they seem fucking miserable. But she seems like, I'm going to be happy. You are not taking that from me. And God bless her. God bless her. And I really hope she gets back into movies. She was good in, um, uh, she was in Ocean's 8, which I thought was fun because she played this like hacker I think her character was named Apol, which why not? And you know, I just thought, oh, you've really grown since Battleship, <laughs> which was just such a mess. But like anyone would have been terrible in Battleship. It was just that it, horrifically yes. bad. There was Nobody nothing. Was, I there. don't think the script was doing her any favors. No, it really you know? wasn't. And like she had like five different naval duties. Like she was just sort of meant to be like the woman. And also, like, the big name to bring people in. And to be fair, that is why. That's why you saw it, yeah. I would never Well, I get so frustrated at those characters in those types of movies where it's like, this woman uh, uh, somehow knows how to do everything. Mm -hmm. Like, everything there is to do in the world and, and the most complicated things, we can trust that she knows how to do it. And always rises to the occasion, which seems so antithetical to life because there are a lot of times where I'm like, <laughs> the occasion is quite high and I am simply not going to rise. I and there. I will not be there. No, I won't. And I wish like more movies would allow us that capacity to just, like I do think there's like a lot of space between like constant crisis hot mess and like constantly having all of the answers. Like where's the middle ground where like sometimes yes. my shit is together and sometimes it isn't. Oh, Oh, you can just well, you can just take a look at the interior of my car to know how <laughs> I'm doing. And I also have to say, I do think women in, in particular, like 
I'm on such a ride with my menstrual cycle. Uh-huh. Like the person you're seeing today, Roxanne Gay, and I'm so excited to be here with you. It's a, it's such a crazy honor. The person you're seeing today is a very different person than the one I was three days ago uh-huh. when I was on day two. You know, so it's like those are actually quite different. Those are different people. They are. And I do watch my husband walk through the world. I'm like, you seem like the same person every uh-huh. day, huh? What's that like? What's so funny is that I've had my period now for like 32 years and every month I have the exact same set of symptoms where I'm like super weepy for at least a week. And my wife's like, what's wrong? Are you okay?" And I'm like, I'm fine. This is just the world is coming to an end. And then like I'm sore all over the place and then other horrible internal things happen and then I get my period and I'm like oh right there it is and it's amazing how even after 32 years of like having all of these mood shifts and like physical responses I'm still shocked as shit but my period shows up it's like wow it's like we have some kind of period amnesia for like 22 days of the month what freaks me out, actually, is that sometimes I'm like, this version of me, where I, I'm so sensitive to the world, where I, I look at my dog and weep, mm-hmm. you know, when I am angry and, and lash out, like, I actually think I might be more myself then, mm-hmm. in those days, you know? Yeah, that's the, that scares me, especially when I'm at my weepiest, because I, I'm not, I don't cry. I'm not, I mean, I do, but I'm not like a huge crier. And so, like, on these days where I feel like the slightest thing will push me over the edge into just abject grief is so odd. And then I wonder, like, hmm, like, is that my truest self? Is exactly. That when, like, it's hard you know to how, know. like, when you've had a drink or five and you're like, this is me. I'm really letting myself <laughs> I'm finally home in <laughs> like, here in my body. I'm free now. I'm free. <laughs> Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. One of the things I wanted to ask you about is I love that you have this podcast that you co-host about terrible movies because I love terrible movies. They're one of my favorite, favorite things. I know you do. The way you guys break down these movies, oftentimes it really is like, wow, how did this get made? You know, I do say this on the podcast sometimes, but I'm kind of there uh, against my will. So Mm -hmm. I don't know how... you know, I, I I do worry about the amount of time that it takes to watch these movies. And, and truly what's happening to my brain, like I don't know that I enjoy movies anymore because I'm so scared of them because of how really? many bad ones I've had to watch. I tend to wonder, like, is the movie industry going to come to an end because they keep making so many just truly bad movies that seem like at some point during the development and making of the movie, someone really thought like, this is great. My husband and I, I co-host the podcast with, we watch a lot of the movies together and there's nothing better than watching them together and like laughing our little asses off. And it is just so stupid and fun that I do have an appreciation for, but there's a there's a there's so many different categories, right? Because those mm-hmm. types of movies that you're describing, and I put Battleship in this category, big budgets, absurd budgets, like honestly morally reprehensible budgets, <laughs> and that are there's just so much money thrown at them, and uh, choices are being made that are so wrong that they're enjoyably bad to watch. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. with our podcast, we've had to more than a few times dip our toes into like the painfully bad are you at all able to enjoy any movies or do you always sort of (laughs) go into them now one thinking like what bad can i find in this movie well no i do i really do love movies i think it's just that i'm um i think anytime you take a hobby that you enjoy that you do for fun which for me and paul and jason was always like watching old dogs in the movie theater and then going out to dinner together and talking about it and you kind of you monetize it and it becomes a a job Mm -hmm. you know that some of the joy gets taken away from it so i do i mean going to see movies i've only seen one in the theater since covid but it's my favorite thing in the world i love going to the theater and sitting in the dark i I was in a, I was in Cheaper by the Do- the new Cheaper by the Dozen with Gabrielle Union and Zach Braff oh, yes. has a small role in it. Um, it's really fun and sorry, that's my f- was that your phone? Yeah, it's just my front door. Let's see who's there. Uh, you can leave it. Uh, no, no, it's, it's Ian from next door. Uh, is there somebody in the building? No. Nobody in the building. Con, uh, someone from Con Edison in. We're doing a gas inspection. There's a gas leak somewhere. Um, in an hour, someone will be available. Okay, I'll let them know. Thank Thanks. Hmm, that seems sketchy. So, Cheaper by the Dozen, which I actually can't wait to see because I've seen the two previous versions. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, but I saw, I brought my kids and, and we all went to the premiere of it. 
There's also just something about having a communal experience in the theater uh-huh. that I really do believe is going to stand the test of time. There's just nothing like it, especially with comedies, like the way that they play in a big theater. I agree. You know, a lot of times people wring their hands. I see this in publishing with books are going to die because of ebooks, which uh, paper books continue to outsell ebooks. And people worry that the theater experience is going to be replaced. And I don't think it is because mm-hmm. as much as I enjoy, you know, paying $50 for a movie at home, the theater with the big screen mm-hmm. and the lights out and just laughing with everyone or mm-hmm. like having emotions with, you know, 100 other or 200 people. other people, that collective experience is so irreplaceable. Totally agree. And I think there's something to hearing people laugh. It is a sacred experience. It's one of those rituals, like it feels like we're crowding around the fire. There's something that's like touch touches something in me when I go to the theater, but also... When you hear other people laugh, I think lots of people who are naturally introverted, and I I actually include myself in in this, when you're hearing other people laugh and you don't have to laugh at directly at them next to you or be a part of a social interaction where Mm -hmm. you're given permission to have an emotion and like let it out, like let it out of your body. Mm -hmm. That is so cool and important and can really only happen in that setting. I love walking away from that experience knowing like, oh, I've had this experience that I'll never have anywhere else. And I also feel the same way with live theater and live music. Yeah. Like this collective thing. When I saw Beyonce in concert and you like look at her strutting on stage and she's just incredible. Like you absolutely know in that moment. Wow. Yeah. Like, this is the only performance that looks exactly like this that I am ever going to see. Is he back? I keeps ringing the bell like a psycho. calling again? I don't like that. I don't like it. It's so weird. I don't like it not one bit. Can Ian get gone? (laughs) Yeah. So I will say that the, the experience that I'm... Am I regretful of it? I don't know. But I, I had, I th- both of my parents were passed away, but I think it was right after I lost my dad. Yes. That my husband had brought me to see um, Dolly Parton at the Hollywood Bowl. And oh, I wow. I Dolly so much. Mm-hmm. I was so excited to see her. And we got there and I sat down and she came out and just hearing her voice talking to us. I was like, uh oh, it's too much. <laughs> like this uh-huh. is I'm actually I'm not fit for public consumption right now in this stage of my grief. And the sound of her is uh-huh. um unlocking something that I don't think I can control. Then her first song was Code of Many Colors, and I started crying and I could not stop. And I said, Paul, now I've been looking forward to this for weeks. He said, We have to go. Uh-huh. We gotta get out of here. And he was like, what do you mean? This is, I'd never seen Dolly live. He's a huge Dolly fan. He's seen her in concert a gazillion times. He's like, I really want you to experience this. Experience this. I said, I am so sorry. I have got to go. And we walked out and I sat and like, I bought a t-shirt because I was like, I got to get, I got to get something here. I bought a t-shirt and I was like, I'm willing to listen to her from outside. <laughs> Uh-huh. by the concessions for one more song, but I can't hear her voice. Yeah. And it was so, because it was too 
it was too much. And the communal experience was actually too much. I'm like, this space can't hold what I'm going through. And I want, I do want other people to enjoy this and they're going to have to worry about a woman in row 70 who's crying uncontrollably. (laughs) Absolutely. I get it. You know, whenever I have those moments when I'm so completely overcome, A, I marvel at the just power of live performance, but also like the, hold on. I am so fucking sorry. Hello? Oh, I listen. It's very important. We have a gas person here. We have a gas leak. If you don't uh, let him in, then the fire department has to come. Oh my God. I am so sorry. I don't know what this guy's deal is. There's no gas, but I'm just going to go see what he wants because he's like, the fire department's going to break down your door, which, what the fuck? Take your time. I'm here. I've got so, nothing to do. I'll be right back. Take, no, take your time. I'm just going to sit here. What a cliffhanger. She never comes back. This is literally the last episode of the podcast. No updates. <laughs> Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursion? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Okay. Uh, They called the fire department to come and get into the house. So, anyway, I let Con Ed in. Of course, the leak is not from our house, which I knew. (sighs) 
and I never raise my voice, but these people next door, they're racist and they're rude and they never talk to Debbie the way they talk to me. And so mm. I was just like, you assholes, I've got you now. Anyway, it's taken care of. <sighs> we were talking about emotional moments during live performance. Oh, yeah. So, you know, June, as a performer, and especially someone who can be so comedic and sly and sharp, you evoke those kinds of emotions in people. So how do you try to reach audiences when you are on stage, when you are on TV or in a movie? Like, I would love to know more about your process. Oh, Lord. Um, my process. I... I... You know, the only thing I know about my process is I'm like, oh, if I leave and don't feel like I've humiliated myself a little bit or embarrassed or tried or did the wrong thing, like I'm trying to be wrong more often now, I guess, and okay mm -hmm. with that. Um, yeah. And honestly, it's because I've watched Lily Tomlin work for seven years and I see mm -hmm. the lack of ego and the freedom and I'm like oh man <laughs> you know but a part of that for me too is film sets tv sets they're really male dominated and so I think yeah. for actresses it's an interesting thing to show up and to try to be feel free because you got a lot of dudes staring at you holding equipment uh -huh. you know it's not a space that or it takes a lot for me to, to walk into that space and to kind of calibrate myself. 90% uh -huh. of my work on sets, I mean, it's just working on a show the other day where I was like, wow, fuck. 90% of the work is creating the space for myself, creating the, uh -huh. the creative parameters. And then there's like 10% of acting <laughs> or like performance, <laughs> you know? And I don't love those numbers, but unfortunately for yeah. me, like that's what it, it is. I don't know. When I watched Lily, who's so outside in, you know, she's so kind of physical and in her body so beautifully. That's where I want to get to eventually. But um, uh -huh. yeah, that's that's my my process or the only thing I really find myself demanding of, of myself is that I just take a risk and get really comfortable with not doing things right. You know, I, I hear that from a lot of women and... I, I see it in myself as well, this idea that I just want to be good. I want everyone to like me. I want them to think I'm easy to work yes. with. And so I try not to, like, when I was at an event the other day and the woman said, do you have a writer? Which I should. And I was like, no, I don't. Just like, <laughs> hmm, you should get one. <laughs> and I just thought, the reason I don't, I just, like, do you, I just need a bottle of water. It's because I don't want to seem mm -hmm. high maintenance or, like, expecting too much from myself or something like that. And then I realized, like, why? Why? Like, really, do you think anyone is ever going to be remembered for being, like, super low maintenance and not caring about themselves enough? Like, I don't know if that's the way to be remembered. Yep. And so how do you find, how do you, like, overcome your reticence to make space for yourself, especially in these really male-dominated environments where they do want women to, like, shut up and look yeah. pretty? Well, I think about how I'll feel on the ride home. And... Mm. If I'll feel disappointed that I have, I had an idea, but I didn't want to ask for another take because I knew the crew was tired and I knew, you know, they want to move on or whatever the thing is. And, 
you know, and, and, but to be quite honest now, Roxanne, I'm like, fuck, they're not shooting on film anymore. It's digital. The lights are up there. <laughs> like, I, I, but I can really like start to get worried about like production and how they're all going to feel about this. And I'm now trying to really think through, well, how will you feel when you go home and know that you had something else that you didn't put out there. And mm-hmm. and the other thing, too, is, you know, I do feel the gift of motherhood for me has really been in, like, getting back to just play. Mm-hmm. Seeing the kids play so instinctually and freely. I love that. And I just want to... Mm-hmm get in trouble. I'm like, Oh, I want, I want someone Uh to tell me like, take it down. Don't like, that's great news if I did it wrong. Uh Cause for, for me and I know, yeah, you're right. For so many women, this is not a me. This we're, I I find myself so really having to unlearn so much of like being a good, Uh good girl. And it's interesting. Like, it doesn't matter really how old you are. Like you can still find yourself falling into the trap of being a good girl of forgetting about play the men do it with such ease and everyone around them like allows it and enables it and oftentimes it it merits like really good Mm -hmm. things and you're like wow i love that and then other times you're like Mm -hmm. "Hmm, i don't know (laughs) maybe not all play is good (laughs) but it's it's interesting how much we have to unlearn just to get to a place where we can do our jobs well in the ways that we think are true as to what we want to do. And there are so many barriers to that. You've been in a lot of films and a lot of TV shows. What would be an ideal role for you that you have not yet done, that you would love someone to write for you or that you would love to write for yourself? I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about what I want to do next. And I do love physical comedy. Mm -hmm. I'm like the Lily Tomlins of the world, Lucille Ball, like the big kind of broad physical stuff. I just, I know that that's a space where I'm like, I know I have that in me. And there were only a couple of times where I've had like the real estate or to actually do that. I really love exploring that type of big big physical comedy. Sometimes I think we res- we only reserve that for the men to be real like idiots and goofballs. Um, but I have that part of myself that I know I really haven't gotten a chance to share on the level that I want to. So that's interesting to me. And there, there's something about, I actually, I was thinking about when I saw, I saw your live show, Roxanne, when you were in LA and you had on, um, comedian and writer Ashley 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 Nicole Nicole Black Black, thank you and she talked about how tired she was of that trope of like this woman who 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 wants to get at life and knows what she wants and and she's like no I actually want to play like kind of a sad black woman and I I like Mm -hmm. I was like I totally hear like there's such a there's still even with all the work that's been done and representation and all that jazz there's still a pretty narrow scope of humanity we're allowed to express. And, absolutely, you know, I, I think about that all the time because I am always asked, like, surely things have gotten better, right? Like, you know, you're doing this, this person is doing that, you know, like, and I'm like, as long as you can, A, name and count <laughs> the people doing things, but you have to look at what they're actually doing. Yeah. And a lot of times it's like only one kind of role. Yep. For women in particular, and I would say for women of color even more, 
it, you know, there's not a lot of space to really just show the range of what we have to offer. That's why I think I loved I May Destroy You yes. so much on HBO with Michaela Cole, because I was like, wow, I've never seen that black woman on TV mm. before. That's incredible. And I don't want to be able to point out like the one or the two or the three. You know, I want there to be so many for women from all sort of walks of life that we don't, we're not counting anymore. Mm-hmm. And like, it's not even a conversation, Ugh, but it feels far It away. does feel far away. <laughs> well, and then it's like, you know, I, I always think about my own experience and, and my own mother who was really the reason why I got into comedy because I found her to be so funny, but she was a good, a great mom and bad at many things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Bad at, honestly bad at many elements of caretaking as well. And <laughs> truly. And I'm like, oh, it's so much more nuanced and it's so not, you know, and, and she worked outside the home. She's a New York City public school teacher and, you know, was so good and also failed left and right at things. And you still loved her oh, just as much. Course. Like your, your esteem for your mother is clear. Oh, I mean, listen, Roxanne, I still feel like I wish I could go to a summer camp. I always say this for like a week where I could learn some of the basic things that I find other people know that I look back Mm -hmm. onto my childhood and I'm like, why didn't, like, I didn't go to a dentist for 10 years. You know, there were gaps, there were gaps. (laughs) And yet I can also absolutely (laughs) say that I had wonderful parents who took incredible care of me uh, that I'm forever Uh grateful for. So, but there are gaps, you know, Uh (laughs) and a guy remember being an adult and seeing someone put a napkin on their lap and thinking before they ate dinner and thinking like, Oh, June, like that's what people do. Nobody told you that just for the Uh chaos of my home. Like there was just things that weren't relayed and yet I know how to love and be loved. So I feel like I got everything. Absolutely. I, you know, I think sometimes those are the most important lessons when I sometimes think, how am I 47? (laughs) And I surely don't know how to do X, Y, or Z. Um, And then I think about what I do know how to do. And I will say for me, namely, like my mom and my dad, for all their faults, love their children passionately. They're kind of obsessed with us. And that sort of, you know, some people would find it suffocating, but it's actually Mm -hmm. not for us because they let us, you know, we live our own lives. We're all adults at this point. But you know, there's no doubt that we're loved. And, you know, Haitian parents never, ever, ever stop parenting. So it's just like, they're still around to like, give thoughts and opinions like, Roxanne, why isn't the kitchen clean? Well, why isn't it? <laughs> Indeed. Right I couldn't tell you. you that. <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting to see like those gaps and then to be able to, you know, I think the older I get, the more I'm able to reconcile yeah. those gaps and just be like, yep. You know, I can fill them in now. It's fine. I also think there is something to be said for there's so much emphasis on parenting small children that the bulk of our work is like Mm -hmm. zero to 18. And I don't think there is a lot of like cultural conversation around what it is to be a parent of an adult child. Yeah, it's which is a very different thing. You know, when I I would say when I turned 35, I mean, coincidentally, that's when I started to get my shit together. But that's when my parents and I really developed an interesting Mm -hmm. relationship where I 
enjoyed them again after always feeling like, stop telling me what to do. Stop Mm -hmm. criticizing me all the time. And then it became not that we were peers necessarily, but there were equitable conversations that we were able to have and like adult conversations where I was like, I can't believe I'm talking about this with my parents. Wow. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I do, I, I wish there was more conversation about like what happens um, with adults and their parents, because it's not that it's easy zero through 18, but like, there's like, you know, you generally like keep them alive, Mm -hmm. (laughs) make them into good people, (laughs) feed them. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I know it's much more complicated than that. No, but that's a big part of it. And, but yeah, there's like no books written for adults. No, there aren't. And there's like a million books. Yeah written for the little ones. And, you know, I look at my friends with kids and I often think, yeah, you're also going to need another user manual (laughs) when they're, you know, in their 20s and 30s and and beyond. Yeah. So just to wrap things up, even though I could talk to you forever, like what's next for you professionally or personally? You know, professionally, I don't know. And I'm trying to like be okay to live in that space. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to really exercise some discernment and control you know this is an industry that's there's such a kind of poverty-stricken mentality and and it's so easy for me to fall into that feeling of like there's not enough take take whatever they give you and be happy and all of that Mm -hmm. stuff and so finances in our family are always sort of like a disease of vagueness where we don't quite mm-hmm. know, you know, what we can afford and what we can't afford. So I do, I say that, but I really definitely have to drill down on like how long I can have this feeling for, you know, how long mm-hmm. I can, <laughs> how long I can be. Dis- like, is it a week? Is it a month? Is it a year? Like I simply don't yeah. know. So professionally I'm, I'm trying to live in that creative space, but also in sort of more an, of an admin way of my, in terms of my life, I do want to try to drill down on more of those details and be a little bit more of an adult in kind of like knowing those things, which I can easily like dissociate from. Um, so that's some of my goals. And then personally, I'm just really committed to throwing parties, bringing people together, having dance parties, I had, I'm going to have a basketball tournament at my house on the 4th of July for my neighbors. Nice. Are you going to play? Because I know you used to play basketball. Of course I'm going to play. Hell yes. That's right. WWNBA. Okay. So, (laughs) and I want to say something about the WNBA because my son is super into sports and my husband's taking him to Clippers games and, and, you know, you go to a WNBA game and we, we've seen the Sparks play a few times. First of all, you can get great seats, which is the good news and bad news, but you can. Um, But they also play the game of basketball. Like they're moving the ball around. They're playing the game and it's so not ego driven. It's just so fascinating to watch because I'm like, oh, this is how I actually want him to learn basketball uh, by watching these women. And, And also he... He said it before I did. He's like, oh, at the WNBA games, they have kids come out and dance. But at the NBA games, they have the women in the, in the short skirts and stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hard to, he's like, why? I'm like, that's yep, it, sunny that's, boy. <laughs> that's it. So on a personal note, I'm trying, I'm like getting back into sports, which I love and playing sports for just fun. 
and hosting mm-hmm. like competitive tournaments at my home <laughs> for adults. That sounds amazing. I got to say, I mean, of all the things you could have possibly said, <laughs> hosting a basketball tournament was not there. And I like being surprised. Roxanne, I've like painted a court, I painted a half court on our driveway. Ah, June Diane Rayfield, thank you so much for coming on the Roxanne Gay Agenda. I couldn't be happier to be here, Roxanne. Thank you so much. You can keep up with me and the podcast on social media, on Twitter at rgay and Instagram at roxannegay74. Our email is roxannegayagenda at gmail.com, and we would love to hear from you. From Luminary, the Roxanne Gay Agenda is produced by Curtis Fox. Our researcher is Yesenia Moreno. Production support is provided by Caitlin Adams and Meg Pillow. I am Roxanne Gay, your favorite bad feminist. Thank you so much for listening. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.